Well, hello there. That's right. It's time for go to bed on Thursday nights. Yes. You've brought been looking you. forward to this. Brought to you by Voodoo and Zombie Boutique. Brought to you by Voodoo Zombie Boutique. Your one-stop shop for movies, Blu-rays, DVDs, and VHS. Oh, yeah. All kinds of physical audio, physical media. Oh yeah, you get the uh, act now, and you can get your very own screen ghost face mask while they last. <laughs> yep, that's right. You can put it on yourself and scare people. Put it on Hopefully, a pet. people that don't have knives in their hands, or you can put it on a fence, like they do in Scream Two, and scare people that way. Sure. Put it on a lamppost. Yeah. That's what they did. Have a ball. Yeah. You have so, our permission to have a good time. So welcome aboard, everybody. Um, yeah, so we've been busy. Busy, uh, hard at work. Busy little beavers. On the store trying to diversify our digital content. Because... We have been selling DVDs and Blu-rays pretty well lately, so... It is we, true. Uh, and we had a last-minute acquisition right before the show today at a local thrift store, which I was very happy about oh, because yeah. they just <laughs> got a massive influx of Blu-rays, and they, they only charge a dollar for them. So I was going to start the show because Susan doesn't even know what I got yet because we rushed <coughs> home to make dinner and do the show. So I yeah. was going to do a new segment called, uh, let me see if I can get a, a good effect on What's this. in the bag? What's um, in the bag? Yeah, so let me do uh, that, and then I'm going to do, um, how about this? Uh, What's Whoa. in the bag? God, that's, that's really, great. That's awful. Pretty scary, though. <laughs> that was too much reverb. <laughs> yeah. What's in the bag? Well, what's in the bag? I will tell you what's out of the bag. I'm going to put it back in the bag as I look at it because I got it all laid out. Let's start simple. <laughs> we'll start simple with our analog media. I got four analog acquisitions today. Uh, oh. v VHS, of course. I have a uh, what appears to be... Uh, I'm looking for studio stamps, but eh, it might be a reseal. But I do have a sealed two-tape set of Dr. Zhivago, every mother's favorite movie. <laughs> Why does everyone's mother love this movie? Yeah, really. Um, I did get a factory sealed copy for these are the, these are all a quarter too. I don't know if they charged me fifty cents for the double sets or not, but whatever. Um, I got a factory sealed uh, copy of Oliver Twist. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, if it's sealed, somebody will probably buy it for a lot more than a quarter. So I'm not gonna, you know, argue with that. I did get a sealed copy of Titanic. It does have some very nice Paramount stamps and <laughs> stickers on it. So, And we have sold sealed copies of Titanic. <laughs> not for a lot, but... No, not for a previously, lot. Previously. You know, so. but I'll tell you what. I bet they sell for a lot more now that VHS is, is taken off again. Yeah. On eBay. And I did find... I found a nice special edition. I already do own this in another form, but there's a... Uh, oh, it makes a fun noise when you slide it in out of the case. Mm -hmm. It's um, mm -hmm. 
Steven mm-hmm. Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a collector's edition. I, I guess it has something else on it. I don't know. That's um, pretty cool. But it's a nice, it's a nice like foil cover. So I thought, you know, that might be more attractive than, you know, an old, you know, it's nice glossy. Doesn't have much, has minimal shelfware, as I say in mm-hmm. all of my descriptions. Sleeve mm-hmm. has minimal shelfware or moderate shelfware. Or if it's if it's real bad, we don't sell it. But some mm-hmm. things we will sell if it's real beat, if it's an old horror movie. Because that actually has, that people, people kind of like, like them beat up. As long as they play uh. okay. So that's all we got for VHS. We'll move on. Well, to... horror, people that collect horror understand their horror movies might yeah. be well loved. Yeah. So let's move on to what I found on DVD. Um, I got a stack of seven DVDs. Um, I, I, it's ridiculous, and I think we already have a copy of this. And somebody's texting me. Um, CVS. It's oh, not okay. me. It's CVS. It's not telling me. Telling me I got something ready. Um, and, um, uh, so I think we already have a copy of this, but I was like, for, uh, for a buck, I'm going to grab it. It's, uh, Carl Urban and the Rock in Doom, the video game inspired movie Doom. <laughs> um, hmm. I found some kind of anime. Doom, I um, do not see that we have, uh, posted in our don't. active listings, but we do but have Titanic, a copy. we've got a used copy. Okay. So. Well, we can put a sealed copy up too. Um. Okay, so now this, I've never heard of this. It's an anime. I don't know if Adam's listening or anybody else who knows anything about anime. I don't know if it's worth anything, uh, but I got it because, you know, anime seems to sell pretty well. Uh, But this is Beyblade G Revolution Uh, Let It Rip, Volume 2. The the revolution begins. They always, never before seen episodes uh, on a DVD, so it's Beyblade. It's got the big spiky anime hair and... Uh, some kind of magical eagle on the front. So that's fun. That's a, that's a DVD rattle. Um, I got a, a sealed movie. Factory sealed. The package does have a little damage on it, but it'll still sell. Still, Oh, it has studio stamps on the bottom. And it has the studio what? sticker, the factory sticker on the top. Um, mm-hmm. It's called Rock and Rolla, a Guy Ritchie film. Oh, whatever happened to him and Madonna? Um, and uh, starring Gerard Butler and Thandie Newton from Westworld. Yeah. So, uh, it, it doesn't go by Thandie Newton anymore. I think she actually goes by uh, her full name now. Um, but then, there was a box set that was missing. It was a five-DVD box set that was missing a, a movie. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, you know, and it was a uh, Martin Scorsese box set. So mm-hmm. uh, the movie that was missing was um, My Cousin Vinny or something like that. Is that or no, yeah. is, did he do that one? I don't know if he did that one or not. I don't know. It was, it was some, it was a movie he did with Joe Pesci. Um, mm-hmm. But so I'm looking at all the other movies in there and I was like, well, dang, there's some, there's a copy of After Hours, which is a great movie with uh, Suzanne Arquette and. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, he was also an American Werewolf in London. Um, uh, where's the cast on this stinking thing? Uh, Griffin Dunn. 
Uh, yeah, so <laughs> there we go. Uh, Alan Burstyn and Chris Christopherson and Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. Did not know that was a... Um, um, is, that, is this what inspired the TV show, Alice? Because no. I think it is. I think it is. Looking at no. the back of it. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, no, I'm, no, I I want to bet? bet. I would bet money. Um, okay, because I think that's the drug counterculture movie that I read. Alice doesn't live here anymore, <coughs> and it's about a girl that took drugs as a teenager and then loses it. And well, it says it it it, it they're wearing pink waitress outfits in it. And there's a okay, woman who I has ha- there's a woman who has hair like Flo, um, okay. but um, uh, but anyway, uh, let me uh, let me look up Alice TV series. Uh, and I'm sure if... it is. It could be. I could be wrong, but I'm gonna check. Um, and uh, let me see. It is the series is based on the 1974 film Alice doesn't live here anymore. All right, so I was right. With Ellen Burson and Chris Christopherson. Chris Christopherson can also be seen in Blade and Millennium. Um, and A Star is Born. All, you know, uh, I like the bad movies that everybody was in. Um, and uh, although Blade was pretty good. Um, mean Streets with Harvey Keitel. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, Martin Scorsese's Who's That Knocking at My Door? Another Harvey Keitel film. Oh. Um, so, so that's what I got on DVD. Now that, now Susan was all excited because she just finished drafts for all of our Blu-rays. <laughs> and I was like, yep. guess what, Suze? We got, got a, a whole bunch of Blu-rays. 29 Blu-rays here. <laughs> So all a buck a piece. New goals, new all, goals. All a buck a piece. Some of them have five dollar price stickers on them too, but they're like, no, those prices are wrong. They're a dollar. I was like, all right. So I I just started piling them in, and they gave me a free shopping bag too. Um, but I got uh, I think all of the Twilight Saga except for one DVD. I might have missed it, or maybe somebody else bought it. I don't think I have the first movie because I have Eclipse. New Moon and Breaking Dawn Parts 1 and 2 on a total of four discs. I did, speaking of teen drama, I did get the entire Hunger Games series on Blu-ray. So teen drama. Yeah, so that's that's kind of a young adult fiction. Um so but yeah, so I got the Hunger Games. Hunger Games Catching Fire and Hunger Games Mockingjay Part One and then Mark Mockingjay Part Part Two, all separate discs. Um, then I got Harry Potter two film collection, uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and the Chamber of Secrets. So I think that's those are the first two movies, I believe. It says years one and two. So yes, yeah, so there we go. Um, I got three Transformers movies. And mind you, I don't like any of these. I just sell them. <laughs> so. The thing is, what you need to understand is we bought them for a dollar. But they're going to cost $3 to ship. And yeah. we do pay fees. 
through eBay to put them up for sale too. But but each one of these will sell between seven and twelve dollars. So yeah. you know we we just have to sell a fraction of them back to make back the what twenty nine dollars that I spent on them. And uh, yeah. but I got a Transformers two disc special edition with the slip cover more, that always more makes than it worth money. Uh, Transformers Dark of the Moon with the slip cover, uh, mm-hmm. Blu-ray and DVD set, and all these they say most of these they say they have digital copies, but I don't advertise them as having the digital copies because I don't know if people redeemed them. Like this one, yeah, oh Blu-ray and DVD. Oh, see, this one just has the DVD. Oh man, I should I need to be looking at these things. So. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll have to inspect that later. Oh man, I've, I got taken on, uh, I can still sell this with just the DVD, but, um, yeah, so, uh, War, Warcraft, this just has the Blu-ray, not the DVD. Should have been looking, should have looked, uh, something to really, you know, look over. Yeah. Uh, Blu-ray of Justice League. Let me see. I got a copy of Iron Man 2 here. Does have all three discs in it, so that's exciting. And the digital code book, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. I, I guess there's a way you can test the digital codes. Uh, we'll, we'll find out. Oh, okay. Uh, let me see. I didn't um, know that. Okay, so... All right, so there were Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I got the... Uh, Blu-ray 3D and Blu-ray, no digital code in there. But again, I don't sell for the digital codes. And then, so it looks like I only only got burnt on the one. Um, I got uh, the Disney, the Nutcracker and the Four Realms. Uh, Blu-ray only, somebody kept the DVD. But it's okay, people sell them like that. Uh... Oz the Great and Powerful Blu-ray. I think I bought that for you a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Uh, it's okay. Step Brothers, that ridiculous Will Ferrell and uh, John C. Riley movie we just watched. Just saw that on TV the other day, but, you know. Two disc. Not un- like it wasn't cut. Two disc unrated version. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. That has Blu-ray and DVD. Uh, also has the digital sleeve, but I don't know if it's if it works. Again, we don't sell for that. That bad version of Robin Hood that came out a couple of years ago. This one just has the Blu-ray, no DVD. Is it a musical? Robin Hood? No. Then um, how bad could it be? Uh, because they try to make it hip. Jamie Foxx plays like Little John or something. Friar Tuck. Nice. Uh, Accident Man, just the Blu-ray. It doesn't have any other discs. Just a one-disc set. Some movie called Reunion that has John Cena and Amy Smart. Never heard of it. Nice. But it has John Cena, so people love that guy. Uh, Factory Sealed double feature, Ben-Hur and the Ten Commandments. Somebody's going to love that. That case, there is something on it. It needs cleaned, but it's factory sealed, so wiped down the plastic. Uh, let me see. The Mechanic. 
DVD or Blu-ray only, um, but that's the way it was sold. Um, it's a Jathan Statham and Donald Sutherland action movie. Jack Reacher. We got Jack Reacher mm-hmm. on Blu-ray. The uh, Tom Cruise uh, dumb movie that I'll never watch. Um, yeah. Movie called Hard. That we were making fun of as soon as it came out. Yeah, and then um, a movie called uh, Hardcore Henry, uh, just Blu-ray. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Blu-ray. So um, we might upgrade and sell our DVD and keep the Blu-ray. But yeah, so there, there's all those. Um, so lots of lots of fun stuff there. You got some, you know, in various states of uh, condition. Um, discs missing here and there. That's something I should, I, I gotta be careful of that. You so, do? So, yeah. So I gotta, uh, but I'm looking back. Transformers does have both discs. That's good. Transformers Dark of the Moon does at least. Uh, let me see the other Transformers. Uh, yeah, that one has both discs. And then uh, let's. Uh, I think Harry Potter's just one disc. No, it's, that's no, it's two discs. Um, uh, looks like the Hunger Games so far so good. We've got two discs, digital codes. Look at this. Uh, this is th- this is a learning process for me live on air. Uh, <laughs> it's always a learning process. So Pain yeah, it looks butt. like looks like I only got boned on one so far. Missing. Uh, yeah, the Eclipse ones. The Twilight ones are just single Blu-rays. They're not trying to sell. Okay, this one is digital copy and ultraviolet. Okay, so it has one disc and that does have the code. So we'll see. But yeah, so so not bad. It looks like just one. Couple of them, you know, it the Blu-ray is more important than the DVD, cause but a lot of people will just take the DVDs out because they're like, oh well, I want it on DVD. I don't have a Blu-ray player. And, you know. But, yeah, you know, because I've bought things like that on eBay too, where somebody will buy the the two the the set, and they'll just keep the DVD or the Blu-ray, and you buy buy it, you know, depending on what copy you want. So, so yeah, yeah so that's cool. Um, and you know, see, I, I think what we should just do is put down, um, you know, which disc is there. There's a Blu-ray. Uh, we'll put down the the Blu-ray Blu-ray, or if the, it's the D, dig, uh, DVD, we'll put that down. Yeah. We should put... We included the uh, code for the ultraviolet, but we're not going to guarantee that because it's previously yeah. opened. If it has the code yeah. in it, I always say that. I say, you know, I, I haven't tested to see if the code is there. I'll still include it, but um, I'm selling the set only for the discs that are available. So, yeah. just for hard copies. But... But yeah, so you know that's uh, all that. That's like, um, about thirty. That's that's forty movies for like less than forty bucks. Yeah. So why not? I, I I just and I know there's a handful of them will sell for over ten bucks a piece, and you know that will you know make our money back, and then everything else is you know. You know, just to, you know, that once we're in the black, we save the receipts. We look and see where the things we, they, we bought. There's only a couple 
acquisitions we've gotten that we haven't made our money back on. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, and basically the, our first big acquisition was really what allows us to have more wiggle room with how we spend money. Um, because we consistently make money off of, off of those sales because we've had, yeah. um, you know, I mean, there was so much factory sealed stuff in that big, big lot that got us that, you know, the big estate sale that got us really rolling in the store <laughs> that, you know, we will, you know, yeah, you know, we, we've made our money back like several times and, yeah. you know, on a few items. And again, then there's the finding, you know, I will never stop talking about it, finding romancing the stone for a dollar and selling it for you know, making like a six hundred and fifty dollar profit off of that, uh, that justifies a fair amount too. So, um, but uh, but yeah, you know, so it, we we've been doing well with our sales. Um, with uh, again the digital stuff, and and you know, we for a while there our big boon was towards these people who were flippers basically because we kind of got in the game with a little naivete about how yeah. much some of the factory sealed VHS stuff was selling for because we got in it right when it was happening, you know? So yeah. the average sold price of things was based on like the last, you know, like year, year and a half or something like that. I don't know how they do it. Um, but you know, they've got this algorithm and there's like, okay, it's a Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire VHS factory sealed Average sold price twelve ninety nine, something like that. So we were going a little higher on them, going like twenty bucks. Little did we know, they were flying out because other people had them listed for like a hundred or two hundred dollars. Um, but it's okay because you know we, you know, we're we're talking like thirty cent items that we were making money like crazy on. Yeah, we still bought them for thirty cents. So. Yeah. And there were other ones that I was smart enough to list higher because I knew some older factory sealed stuff from the 80s was worth money. That's what I thought, that's what I knew was worth money. But I didn't quite understand until I put my head around it. Uh, excuse me, I have to cough. Um, it took me a minute to get my head around why these newer VHS uh, tapes, you know, that like the last movies that were put on on VHS were, were selling for so much. It's because they didn't make as many. And the ones in most of the ones that did get made got cracked open and played by people. Um, because, you know, they were switching over to, to DVD. And um, all a little bit of trivia. We were talking to our eBay pals, uh, Bob and Stephanie, the other day. And Bob said one of the movies that goes for a lot is the Viggo Mortensen movie, A History of Violence, on VHS, because that was... Do you know why, Suze? I don't know. It was the last movie put out on VHS. Ever. Wow. It was the last, last major studio uh, movie put out on VHS. Wow. Um, yeah. So That's crazy. I don't know... If smaller studios were still pumping them out, or they went straight to DVD, because you know I don't know if that counts for like New Concord, the you know the Roger Corman company, mm. uh, or you know uh, their New Horizons, um, 
but there were a lot of, you know, I think a lot of those companies almost went defunct too, but, but yeah, yeah. so, um, we've been doing better on sales. We're, we're getting some interesting sales, um, on some older items that I'm surprised about too. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of those are on some of the early VHS tapes that we listed that have been up there for months and they're finally starting to sell. And I think it's because of our commitment to posting new stuff all the time. Uh, eBay kind of rewards you and puts your old stuff out, you know, kind of front and center. Um, Makes sense, kind of. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so uh, let me see. Um, I'm going to go look at all of our orders um, real quick. Uh, oh, what we, the what we sold block for this week's pretty funny. Yeah, it goes all over the place. Crazy. It does. And one, I had to cheat a little bit because I didn't have, um, um, I couldn't find a trailer for, for one of the movies we sold recently because it was so oh. obscure. Um, but yeah, like a good Blu-ray sale we had the other day, um, the city of lost children. Yeah. Great movie. You know, that sold for 2350. Um, so that was, that's all profit because I think that wasn't was, that the end of the end of the nineties that that came out. 1995. Yeah. We were, we were just yeah. dating when that came out. And then um, another good one. We sold a lot of scream masks because I got these scream masks for four bucks, and I've been selling them for eighteen ninety nine. And buyer pays yeah. shipping, and that's a whole other story. We can talk about that after the break. But um, you know, so other DVD sales. Uh, Sheena, the Australian TV series based on the old Sheena, Queen of the Jungle comic books, um, season one. DVD 2000 factory sealed. I got sold that for 32 bucks. That's all profit because that was from that big sale that, that got us started in this. Um, a movie that we got from there was a recent $50 acquisition, which we immediately made our money back on. That had a couple clamshell thorny my Terminators in it and some Halloween movies, Child's Play. Uh, we we met already. I think we at least quadrupled or quintupled our money from that. Yeah, especially now because there was an oddball movie from 2000 called Cherry Falls. So a slasher horror movie sold it for twenty one ninety nine. That was cool because I, I didn't, you know, yeah. I've never heard of that movie. And for the first time we had a really cool, cool thing. We actually have a, a we have a coupon promotion on some of our items and we had a multiple sale. Um, uh, we have a multiple sale. We haven't had. We haven't sent out any coupons yet. No, it's a promotion. Uh, you get twenty percent off if you buy three or more from from certain yeah, yeah. select <laughs> items. So it's like they yeah. apply the coupon at checkout. You know, it's like. Mm-hmm. So you know, we had a, a sale for forty one dollars and ninety seven cents. A guy bought three DVDs. Got Grabbers, uh, Lesbian Vampire Killers, and Army of Darkness. Yeah. Um, all fit in one box, shipped it all for $3 and 19 cents. Um, yeah. dollar store copy of torture chamber and, um, oh, actually, no, that goes back to last week. So we've been doing a lot of mask business. So the, uh, the movies, movies have slowed down a little bit this week, but you know, uh, the mask business has been pretty good. Uh, although it was strange, but I haven't, I didn't mention our l- latest four sales. 
Um, I'll mention the one that I couldn't find the trailer for is the movie called Demon Slayer on VHS from 2004. Um, just a weird, cheap horror movie. Um, you know, I sold it for nine bucks. It was, you know, it was one of my dad's, uh, he would just buy weird stuff to buy weird stuff. And, you know, um, I probably could have gotten a little more money for it, but it, it didn't sell for a lot on average. Um, yeah. You just have to keep the price up a little bit to make sure it goes to a good home and it's not just somebody that's buying stuff to buy stuff. Yeah, it wasn't sealed or anything, but, you know, we did test it, you know. Um, But yeah, so so now we're we're going to we're going to get into what we sold and um, not all the movies, uh, not all the uh, at least one of the trailers, the last trailer doesn't say what it is, but I know if Adam's listening, he'll know what it is. Um because it's it's awful it's an awful basically these last three <laughs> things that i have audio for are awful movies <laughs> and we got money okay. for them so um <laughs> but uh yeah and uh let me uh find what we sold where is it i didn't load that up i loaded up all all the other audio except for this so here you go here's what we sold for 10 21 20 21 Time goes by very fast. Before you know it, you'll be all grown up, and one day you'll get married and start a family. I don't even like boys. It just has to be that right magical one. 20 years later, things aren't going so well for Taylor. The the cabbie drove off with your presentation? He fired you? You want to drive this car all the way to California? Yes, it'll be fine. We don't have anything here. When she and her best friend decide to move and drive cross-country, things don't start off the way they like. Can can you fix this? You've got yourselves just one option. Hating this. This bus goes all the way to California, doesn't it? That's when fate stepped in and changed their lives forever. No, I don't understand why the CEO of a Fortune 500 company poses as a bus driver on his own bus line. You have a a boss who's rich and handsome and eligible and has a thing for you. What else do you want? Oh, Angie, I want to be in love. Truly frightening concept for some. I know we'll work extremely well together. I think I'm in love with her. And why shouldn't you be? I mean, because of her, you've got to wreck $300,000 bus and fracture your skull. What's not to love? There's no permanent cranial damage, sir. Who is she? Her name is Taylor Money. I think that I can actually learn to uh, care about her. Oh. Tell me about her. She's the uh, salt of the earth. Yeah, she's a rock. A portrait of stability. Uh. Portrait of stability? DMG Entertainment proudly presents a romantic comedy that will sweep you off your feet. Follow your heart. Alex Rain is a human being. His life is more dangerous with each sunrise. Alex Rain will be destroyed somehow, some way. In a future false world, he stands for truth. He's a cop, all right. In a violent world, violence is his life. He 
he knows he must face the human condition alone. It takes more than flesh and blood to be human, Alex. I can't feel anything anymore. Maybe you should take the time to find out what you care about, Alex. You're not really human anymore, are you? He knows the answer, but he doesn't know the question. I think he accepted the story by the time he learns the truth, it'll be too late. He must face an ever-changing enemy in an eternal fight against an indestructible force. I need your help with the cyborgs. The never-ending battle line is drawn. They will never let him go. He has what they must have. Jared's mind and soul, Alex. In a world where humanity is measured in percentages, only Alex Rain knows the path to redemption to the cyborg enemy. He is their nemesis. to merge into one realm. Think of it as hell on Earth. I thought our victory closed those portals. Mother. If I am correct, your mother Sindel is the key to all of this. By reuniting him with her, Khan's spell will be broken. This is the beginning of the end! Khan's portals stay open. Raiden? It's a new look. This movie is so dumb. 
Uh, the the movies in reverse order that was Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which has some of the almost horrendous CGI that did not hold up <laughs> from the nineties. And well, uh, so who are we to judge? Who are we? I don't know. Um, but uh, they look terrible. And you know what the the <laughs> The guy who you heard mostly in that, um, um, uh, the, the, uh, in the trailer there, the voice you heard the most, um, uh, I think he's the guy who played Dexter's dad in the Dexter series, <laughs> but he was blonde and, and a lot younger. And I was like, oh, wow, that's weird. Um, and, <laughs> and the, uh, uh, movie before that was uh basically a terminator ripoff called nemesis um mm. and uh that one was on vhs and sold the the uh, the um that was a blu-ray though the 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 mortal Kombat one because i almost sent somebody the wrong mortal Kombat because we've got like another mortal Kombat blu-ray but i got the right one and then uh the first one was follow your heart some feel-good uh rom-com from the the 90s that mm. I didn't even know we had listed. That was like one of Susan's listings. And I'm like, when something like that sells, that makes me so happy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so uh, obviously Dana's not listening to our show uh, <laughs> because uh, none of us care about Matt Gates. Um, uh, so, uh, saying things about anyway. Matt Gates? Uh, yeah, so I'm oh, just gonna Lord. Put, who gives a fuck? <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, I swore on the show, I don't usually do that. Um, but yeah, so we, um, uh, yeah, so so we're getting some older stuff sold, and again, I that Demon Slayer was, was in there too, but it was such an obscure movie, it's like, I, I mean, I couldn't find anything for it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so we're having fun with, uh, with that and, uh, yeah, but the, the mask thing, this is an experiment in, in <laughs> true eBay. Horror. I think it's a good experiment, even if we don't sell them all. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, so basically I bought 20 masks at $4 a piece. So I'm in it for, you know, over 80 bucks with, you know, sales tax. Um, and, um, and of course I bought boxes for them. So each box is like a buck. So we're like a hundred bucks, but we've made back almost all that money with the sale of about six masks. And, um, but this was so funny. We had this guy and I'm so glad I did buy or pay shipping on these things because this guy, after I already had it sent to the post office was like, I just found one. I just found one at, at this party store. <laughs> And, um, a, and I was like, uh, and he's like, can you cancel it? And I was like, what do you want me to do? Break into the post office and, and get it back? You know, I, I, I was nicer than that. I said, I, I said, I, I mailed it out as promised as quickly as I could for you. And he's like, what, can't you cancel it on your end? I can't cancel it on my end. I'm like, it's cause it's been shipped. A, a shipping label has been generated. So. He said, he's like, what else can I do? And I'm like, I, I don't know. You can have two masks. Uh, I didn't say that either. But um, but he's like, I'll send it back when it gets here. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I mean, 
he has to pay return shipping. So he's going to be in it for like 16 bucks and no mask if he doesn't keep it. So he's probably better off just keeping it, eating it, and giving it away to a friend or something. Um, but the guy was so enthusiastic when he saw that I had them and how quickly I responded to him and everything. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, I don't want it. So he was like, I want it. I want it. I want it now. Send it to me. Mail it to me, please. I need it this weekend. And then you got it in the mail. And the minute you got it in the mail, like literally as you were walking out of the post office, he was like, how can I return it? I'm like, really? Really? Jerko? Yep. So that's just, you know what? That's kind of what happens with eBay. It's like, You've got people that impulsively buy things online. And I do have bought things impulsively online, but I've fessed up to it and I haven't demanded a feedback. You know, yeah. like a, a haven't demanded a return or a cancellation. I'm like, oh, looks yeah. like I uh, impulsively hit that buy now button. Oh, well. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, uh, you know, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I've done that too. I screwed up, uh, and and I actually did uh, do a couple of returns that I um, didn't necessarily, you know, I didn't feel good about it because I felt stupid after I, I bought them, but I was able to work something out. Um, but, uh, you know, what are you going to do? So There's uh, also people that will buy things and then they'll be like, oh, can I, can I wait till Friday to pay you? And it's like... This isn't a big purchase. It's like between ten and forty bucks. You you don't have a credit card to cover that? That's crazy. Yeah. Well how can you live this life without, you know, some sort of a net? Yeah. 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 Well, uh, this is in and what just happened now on eBay is something that warms my cockles. Uh, a videotape I spent three dollars on at a sale um uh this summer. Um the 1980 Forbidden Zone with Hervé Velichez and with the yeah, just and thinking about that. Danny Elfman just sold for $69.99. So what? Yeah, it did. Oh, it did. Yeah. Wow. Cool. I gotta, I gotta go dig that out. <laughs> you got my phone. I do. I saw a notification, yeah. so I was, uh, you know. Didn't we have that listed for like five hundred bucks at one point? Nah, I had it over a hundred, but it's a later edition, uh, oh. not as not as valuable. So I kind of adjusted it, um, and I did send an offer on that recently as well. So somebody might have taken advantage of the offer. Um, yeah. But um, but yeah. So so there we go. Uh, I just sold Forbidden Zone for seventy bucks. Nice. And, and I did enjoy that having in the store because that's one of the first movies I think we watched together. It's really raunchy now. I mean, it you is. know, it, it does not it did not age well. Uh, no. a, lot of, a lot of misogyny running through that. So Oh yeah. Uh, I noticed that the first time I watched it, but oh well. You know. Yeah. So I think I scared away Dana. I didn't mean to. I meant to be that that Chris thing. Uh, Chris, uh, uh, what's his name? To be funny, Chris Chris Pratt. So, um, you know, but uh, but yeah, you know, I, I I just I I understand people still want to talk about politics and stuff like that. But I'm out. I'm out. I'm out of it. 
Um, yeah, don't, you don't even know. You you don't even follow it, really. Yeah, I don't care. You barely watch the news. These, you know, if 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 some some jerk uh, gets what's coming to him, awesome. But I don't follow it. Um, you know, but uh, but yeah. So um, it got to be too much. Yeah, you know, I, I'm focused on other things. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like I like it because you know. It's not like I've ever made money doing the podcasts, but now yeah. I can actually talk about things that do make me money on the podcasts yeah. and not yeah. some stupid job, the, you know, wage slave job, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, and this, it's quite a movement out there too, because, and that's something else I want to talk about too, is, is people are... Uh-huh. You know, there are there's article after article after article after article about people leaving the the workforce. You know, the the mass yeah. resignation, whatever they're calling it. Um, yeah. And you know, they're like, "How are people living?" And I, and it's funny because it's like I see all oh how these people are living. Oh, they're living off of savings, or they're living with family, and they're doing this, and they're eating ramen, and and I'm like, where? Why aren't you interviewing people who actually are, are you know? well selling stuff you know yeah yeah and and it's uh, you know so i guess the wall street journal just wants to hear like all the awful stories they're and then of miserable. course yeah they're and then miserable. i always scroll through the comments and see how many people say oh maybe they're still work because they're lazy yeah well uh i'm not lazy i mean i yeah. am lazy but you know, I'm not lazy when it comes to my business. I wasn't lazy when it came to my, my job, but, um, yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic right now. Um, and you know, and Heather, yeah, Heather's chiming and she says people are leaving horribly paid jobs or making their own businesses. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like my job, like to think that. my job had great benefits, um, yeah, and Adam concurs, done with politics here too. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, let them yeah. do their thing. Um, but, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, my job paid okay. It paid okay. The benefits were great. That was the best thing about my job. The pay, meh, you know, and, and you know, you didn't get raises like, you know, not raises like you used to get, like yeah. a s- small percentage raise. You couldn't go and say, um, you know, you couldn't say, go to your boss and say, I demand a raise. Um, oh. You know, it doesn't But maybe that- since half the work, a quarter of the workforce left, then maybe the people that still left there will get treated well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's where, that's where I am. Susan left the workforce a while ago. Um... And, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm on, uh, technically because, you know, I, I did have insurance through my company, but no pay up until about a month and a half ago. So I'm out, you know, you know, I, I had to go through the affordable care act. We got a nice, um, we have health coverage. I'm happy with it. If anybody's looking for it, I don't know if you have it in your area, but am better has some pretty good plans. Um, Susan went to the doctor the other day, no copay. Um, 
and so far so good with most of our medications. <laughs> um, but we're still looking into uh, a couple for Sue's. Uh, my medications are pretty basic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're just like maintenance drugs for like high blood pressure and um, yeah. cholesterol and, and gout. Yeah. The king's yep. disease. Um, Lucky. Flare Lucky. Up, flare up free for at least two years, I would say. Yeah. So, yeah. being been a while. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think it just took a while for the for the meds to really, you know, speaking of which, I got to take my pills. Um, but uh, that's why I keep them by my desk so I can take them when I'm talking to the people. Um, but uh, yeah, my big. Free and you pills. remember them? I mean, it's hard to remember your pills. Yeah. It's hard to remember your pills when you're old. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I do. I have three. I don't even bother with the the weekly thing anymore. I'm just like, I take one of each a day, and that's what I'm about to do right now with a nice swig of ice cold. Them. I can hear them jingling around yeah. there. And have a nice cold yeah, swig so of we've... diet coke to wash them down. So the deal is here, we've made our own business, we're hoping to do well, and the only thing we want to do is pay our basic bills and pay our um, Pardon me. Pay our health insurance. So we're hoping that things will work out and we'll be able to do that. Um, yeah. You know, we've uh, we've worked, but it's just funny because we've worked for the man since I, from when I was... I don't know, fifteen. Yeah, I think it was forty-five or something. I think, I, I think it was. Well, I've been working. Um, I was in. Um, uh, well, I, you know, I had paper routes as a kid. Yeah, uh, I had two a, paper routes. And after the paper routes, uh, you know, I would cut people's grass to make money. I would. Um, sure. Uh, then uh, I, I, I was in this. Um, school program there were a bunch of us uh, who would uh you could do work around the school and earn a few yeah. bucks that way you could you know cool. on your you know um uh you could take like um a study hall and instead of doing study hall you could go you know sweep the gym or something like that you couldn't make a yeah. ton of money at it you know and you couldn't do it every day but you know there were there were little ways to make money and of course by the time I think I was 15, I got a dishwashing job. And then, you know, uh, from there I started, you know, I, I don't, I don't know, even know what I did. What, what, what was my first actual, I, I think I got right into telemarketing after all that, you know, job was at Hardee's at 16. Oh, Hardee's. So I worked at Hardee's and I worked in the morning and made you those raisin biscuits. Oh, raisin California biscuits, raisins. Very good. And I sold those California raisins on eBay recently. You did. Hallelujah. Yeah. And you know what? That's kind of full circle, don't you think? Sure. That's like, because I started working when I was like 15, 16. Um, Yeah. So that's 30 years. Those were 30 years old. Yeah. And, uh, oh, good news from Adam. Uh, He says... um, uh, he got uh, the uh, a permanent the he was going for this permanent job. Nice, um, because he was kind of doing uh, uh, kind of a nebulous, um, you know, um, 
potential, you know, it's like you could have this job for forever, but maybe not. We might reassign yeah, you yeah, kind yeah. of thing, but he got the permanent job. So congratulations. Well, that's, that's classic because when bad things happen, you tell us all the time. But when good things happen, nobody talks about yourself. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, that's what, you know, that's what we're trying to well, do. Well, it's the good news. We want to hear the good news. A little more positivity in the air. Yes. We like it. We yes. like it. So, uh, good things no. happen and everybody's yeah. like, oh, it's okay. I, I deserve mm -hmm. that. Forget it. <laughs> Ugh, I want to hear more good stuff. So, um, and, uh, and yeah, we're, uh, you know, um, but you know, it's, it's, it's just, I just want to encourage people. Don't be afraid, you know, you know, work within your means if you want to do a big change. Uh, but yeah. don't, don't be afraid to make a change, you know? And, and I'll, I'll say, you know, I give Adam a lot of credit for the big change moving to, uh, where is he now? He's in Tennessee, Tennessee. That's right. Um, and you know, he, he took a big, big leap of faith moving out on his own. And, um, I think things are better for him. And yeah, I, I know things are better for him. And, um, yeah. you know, uh, it, and it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty awesome. He's been there for quite some time now, but yeah, he's the permanent, uh, supervisor for central checkout at Fort Campbell. So Campbell. Um, yeah, I'm, cool. I'm sorry. What, why did you say? I'm sorry, Adam. You, there's nothing. Stop. You're not. Why would you be sorry about anything? He's sorry um, because I yelled at him for not giving him good news. For not oh, giving me good news. oh, no, that's fine. She's, we're just being silly. I'm um, just kidding. Adam. Yeah. I mean, I Jeez. can't be in a bad mood because I'm eating dots and I've had them stuck in my teeth. Um, oh. yeah. Wow. So. He's eating candy already. Um, but the thing is, I think right now. It's, it's really, I think, I have to say, I think in the future that there might be a shift and um, people might be buying more things online and hopefully it'll become safer and everything like that. So, you know, selling things online is a good little side hustle. Well, um, I'll tell you what, Amazon might want to reconsider their, their structure on, you know, how people sell over there. Because they charge a lot more money than eBay does for, um, for you know, at least from what I've seen. And uh, in, in eBay's shipping policy and program, especially for overseas shipping, is, is a dream. Um, yeah, that is nice. So Amazon is, is a little jerky with, you know, how you sell stuff. I don't. Amazon might be worth branching out into, yeah, especially think, for new items. I think I think you but, might be right, but we're so we're so new at this right now that you know we need to you know yeah, we keep, do keep go you know stick with what we know. We're until, stabilizing, true. Yeah, yeah, and true. you know I I want to see what happens after a year. Um, and yeah. you know, at least and, and see yeah. what kind of trajectory we're on. And well, uh, the, th the thing is, I just, I think in the future, you know, uh, Amazon also has tons of people that sell for Amazon that sell products for Amazon. Mm -hmm. Um, and that has to do with their variety too. So yeah, that's, that's part of the, I think that's part of the change that people are kind of, um, evolving away and a lot of stores a lot of those big department stores and all those stores are 
are people are kind of getting away from them. Maybe it's because of the pandemic. Maybe it's because of the last 2020 and 2021. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's a permanent, you know, shift in interest. Yeah, because... I think that the the landscape, the consumer, and uh, you know, um, uh, work landscape of, of yeah. our country has changed for the better. That might be the one net positive from the entire yeah. pandemic that, uh, you know, that we can count on, you know? Yeah. So. Um, like time will We'll find out in the future. Yeah. But that's, that's, I'm, I'm interested. I'm interested in watching, you yeah. know? So. So. But yeah, I think yeah. Um, eBay is a fun side hustle. If you, if you like your phone and you like taking pictures take pictures of stuff to sell and sell it for fun because it's helped me to get less addicted to my games because mm-hmm. I'm sick of my games. Right. Um, yeah. But that's the thing. Like it's, it's nice to have my own little business game. Yeah. I say, I say, you know, eBay is my favorite game. It is. Yeah, now. I, I, I treat you eBay know? like a game too, because it's like, it's kind of like, um, you know, I, I'm doing trivia research on things. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like I, I try to make that's the one thing about my listings. And I think I've said it before, but and then we're going to have to go to the break. But the one one thing about my listings, is I try to put every last little bit of information, you know, on, you know, the accurate year for when it came out, uh, the edition that it is, who directed it, who stars in it. You know, try and give a little bit of a, it, it, you know, on modern movies, on DVDs and Blu-rays, I'm not going to bend over backwards to tell tell people, like, the plot synopsis or describe the movie too much other than, you know, if it's comedy, I say, you need this laugh-a-minute, you know, movie in your life, whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, rattle off a few cast members, talk about what edition, what kind of condition it's in. Susan always takes tons of great pictures. We have a, a really cool system on how we take pictures because we show other product in the background, um, you yeah. know, instead of just like somebody throws a towel on top of their oven and takes a picture or something. And it's like, what? Like, I have <laughs> seen that happen. And it's so many times. Highly disturbing. It's like, do you not have any spare space in your entire home except for your oven? Well, wow. I think, it, you know, what I think is really funny when people take a picture of something and like... They 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 put it on the, the edge of a table and like they're they take a picture of their feet in it too. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I've done that. I've done so, that, but I'm over it. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, but we do square images, so it, so they're framed by other pieces of merchandise. Uh, you know, in the background, like a like we call it our video wall. You know, we stack up yeah. mo- other movies in the background, and so you just see the title, some of the titles on the edges. And, um, yeah. you know, we haven't had somebody say, oh, I thought I got all the movies in the picture yet, but one day. <laughs> not um, yet. <laughs> not yet. You don't get all the It'll movies. It'll happen. Um, yeah. Some dipshit. So, uh, but anyway, all right, well, let's go ahead and, and run to the break. And when we come back, we'll get to story time. Yeah. We're uh, heading down the road of Oz, uh, the road to Yay! Oz. And we got some Jerry of the Circus. Somebody has a toothache, just so you know. What? Time to go to the dentist okay. when it's tooth right. tooth hurting. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, all right, I'm going to play some cereal uh, commercials. We'll be right back. Yep. Yes, Mr. LaFoot, this is the crunchiest mixture ever made. Good. Hello, Captain Crunch. Now, I, Jean LaFoot, challenge you to a crunching contest. But LaFoot, nothing's crunchier than Captain Crunch cereal. It's sweet and delicious, made of corn and oats with two kinds of sugar, and it's made crunchy to stay crunchy even after you pour on the milk. What can possibly match it? My own cereal. Footsies. All right, hey, gentlemen, hey, take three paces, hey, turn, and crunch. One, two, three, turn. <laughs> the winner is Captain Crunch cereal. Yay! And this stuff tastes awful. It is crunchy, though. What's it made of? Eggshell, celery sticks, and just a pinch of blackboard chunk. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, LaFoot. What I can't stand is this crunchier than thou attitude. Get Captain Crunch cereal from Quaker. When a fruit and cereal lover finishes that last piece of fruit, she's finished. That's why Post makes raisin bran with so many sweet, chewy raisins. She can get fruit in her first spoonful, her next spoonful, and her next. The way Post makes Raisin Bran, she can get fruit in every spoonful and never have to run out. No wonder Post Raisin Bran is the fruit and cereal of her cereal. Say good morning with a big of speck. Dig em. Just one breakfast starts like that. Kellogg Sugar Specs. Dig em. Toasted wheat plus eight good vitamins. Kellogg Sugar Specs. Dig em. I dig Sugar Smacks. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with that frog's airplane? Engine croak. <laughs> <laughs> They're part of your good breakfast, Kellogg's Sugar Snacks. That's a dickum smack. Don't be scared. I'm the super sweet monster with the super sweet new cereal, Count Chocula. Bethel, here's the super sweet new cereal, Frankenberry. But I've got chocolate sweeties for monstrous chocolate flavor. Well, I've got berry-flavored sweeties for monstrous strawberry flavor. Count Chocula. Frankenberry. Hi. <laughs> Frankenberry. Count Chocula. Boy, working in a Fruity Pebbles factory is beautiful, fruity -ful. This morning, I had this desire for something fruity. I came to work and I'm surrounded by Fruity Pebbles. Beautiful, fruity -ful, Fruity Pebbles. Yabba-dabba, fruity do. On my work break, I have a good breakfast featuring post-Fruity Pebbles cereal. Fred, I got this desire for something fruity. Have Fruity Pebbles, Bonnie. Oh, Fred, Fruity Pebbles are beautiful, fruitiful. <laughs> Yabba-dabba, fruity do. Look at this stuff. Some cereal. It's supposed to be good for you. I'm not going to try it. Let's get Mikey. Yeah. He won't need it. He hates everything. He likes it. Hey, Mikey. Regular cinnamon and raisin life. Nutritious, delicious. This is the story of the Freakies and their perilous search for a home. The leader of the Freakies was the fearless Boss Moss. Whenever the Freakies had a problem, they ran to Boss Moss. We're afraid. I understand exactly how you feel. He never solved the problem, but he was always understanding. At last, they came upon a wonderful tree, which grew their favorite cereal, Freakies. Day. Every morning, the cereal would ripen in the sun, becoming toasty and sugary and golden with vitamins. Brother, you're giving something? 
and they knew they had found a home. <laughs> oh! Hmm, I wonder what the taxes are like here. Freakies is part of a good breakfast, and you get a free freaky magnet in specially marked boxes. It's time, or it's time to or go to bed. That was your exciting time of listening to resellers talk about reselling. But now it's time to wind down. Chill out. Oh, yeah, and Adam, uh, I don't know if he caught me talking about it. Um, I was looking hmm. for, I sold a movie called Demon Slayer, completely unrelated to what he's talking about there. And I was desperately trying to find a trailer for it, and I couldn't. And um, and now he's he's showing uh, what I did find. He, he says season two of Demon Slayer is amazing. I was finding trailers for that, but it's like that's not what I'm looking for, <laughs> you know. Um, but it looks cool. So anyway, uh, you were looking for a trailer for a movie. From in a 2004. In a yeah. pre meme world. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So. It's going to get buried by this new stuff. Yep. It sure is. So, anyway, uh, yeah, welcome back to the show, everybody. And um, we have uh, The Road to Oz by L. Frank Baum. Uh, and, you know, I just had the reader's name memorized. Because I looked him up on YouTube, and he does some interesting Did? videos. I might, yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to, let me see. What's his, uh, I just, uh, Phil, uh, Chenevé, I think is how you say it. It looks like Chenevert, but I think hmm. it's Phil Chenevé, um, is the guy who does the readings that we like from LibriVox. Okay. And, um, cool. yeah, so, uh, we're going to listen to his, uh, Chapters three and four of Road to Oz here momentarily when the music fades. <laughs> and uh yeah. We'll uh, we'll have some fun with that. But yeah, so it, he he does a uh a, a YouTube series of the origins oh. of of words and phrases. So they they're only like mm-hmm. three to five minutes, so uh maybe next episode I'll get some of his uh some of his original content. From YouTube and play it for everybody. That could be fun. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, but yeah. So here we go. Uh, without uh, further ado, you ready uh, for the Road to Oz? Who's uh-huh. Chapter Three? 
Ready to go. All right. Chapter 3 of The Road to Oz by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 3 A Queer Village. Button Bright took the Shaggy Man's hand willingly, for the Shaggy Man had the love magnet, you know, which was the reason Button Bright had loved him at once. They started on with Dorothy on one side and Toto on the other the little party trudging along more cheerfully than you might have supposed. The girl was getting used to queer adventures, which interested her very much. Wherever Dorothy went, Toto was sure to go, like Mary's little lamb. Button Bright didn't seem a bit afraid or worried because he was lost, and the shaggy man had no home, perhaps, and was as happy in one place as in another. Before long they saw ahead of them a fine big arch spanning the road, and when they came nearer they found that the arch was beautifully carved and decorated with rich colors. A row of peacocks with spread tails ran along the top of it, and all the feathers were gorgeously painted. In the center was a large fox's head, and the fox wore a shrewd and knowing expression, and had large spectacles over its eyes and a small golden crown with shiny points on top of its head. While the travelers were looking with curiosity at this beautiful arch, there suddenly marched out of it a company of soldiers. Only the soldiers were all foxes dressed in uniforms. They wore green jackets with yellow pantaloons, and their little round caps and their high boots were a bright red color. Also there was a big red bow tied about the middle of each long bushy tail. Each soldier was armed with a wooden sword having an edge of sharp teeth set in a row, and the sight of these teeth at first caused Dorothy to shudder. A captain marched in front of the company of fox soldiers, his uniform embroidered with gold braid to make it handsomer than the others. Almost before our friends realized it, the soldiers had surrounded them on all sides, and the captain was calling out in a harsh voice, "'Surrender! You are our prisoners!' "'What's up, prisoner?' asked Button Bright. "'A prisoner is a captive,' replied the fox captain, strutting up and down with much dignity. "'What's a captive?' asked Button Bright. "'You're one,' said the captain. That made the shaggy man laugh. "'Good afternoon, captain,' he said, bowing politely to all the foxes, and very low to their commander. I trust you are all in good health and that your families are all well. The fox captain looked at the shaggy man, and his sharp features grew pleasant and smiling. We're pretty well, thank you, shaggy man, said he. And Dorothy knew that the love magnet was working, and that all the foxes now loved the shaggy man because of it. But Toto didn't know this for he began barking angrily and tried to bite the captain's hairy leg, where it showed between his red boots and his yellow pantaloons. "'Stop, Toto!' cried the little girl, seizing the dog in her arms. "'These are our friends!' "'Why, so we are,' remarked the captain, in tones of astonishment. "'I thought at first we were enemies, but it seems you are friends instead. You must come with me to see King Docks.' "'Who's he?' asked Button Bright with earnest eyes. King Dox of Foxville, the great and wise sovereign who rules over our community. What sovereign and what's community? inquired Button Bright. 
Don't ask so many questions, little boy. Why? Ah, why indeed, exclaimed the captain, looking at Button Bright admiringly. If you don't ask questions, you will learn nothing. True enough, I was wrong. You're a very clever little boy, come to think of it. Very clever indeed. But now, friends, please come with me, for it is my duty to escort you at once to the royal palace. The soldiers marched back through the arch again, and with them marched the shaggy man, Dorothy, Toto, and Button Bright. Once through the opening they found a fine big city spread out before them, all the houses of carved marble and beautiful colors. The decorations were mostly birds and other fowl, such as peacocks, pheasants, turkeys, prairie chickens, ducks, and geese. Over each doorway was carved a head representing the fox who lived in that house, this effect being quite pretty and unusual. As our friends marched along, some of the foxes came out on the porches and balconies to get a view of the strangers. These foxes were all handsomely dressed, the girl foxes and women foxes wearing gowns of feathers woven together effectively and colored in bright hues, which Dorothy thought were quite artistic and decidedly attractive. Button Bright stared until his eyes were big and round, and he would have stumbled and fallen more than once had not the shaggy man grasped his hand tightly. They were all interested, and Toto was so excited he wanted to bark every minute and to chase and fight every fox he caught sight of. But Dorothy held his little wriggling body fast in her arms and commanded him to be good and behave himself. So he finally quietened down, like a wise doggy, deciding there were too many foxes in Foxville to fight all at once. By and by they came to a big square, and in the center of the square stood the royal palace. Dorothy knew it at once, because it had over its great door the carved head of a fox, just like the one she had seen on the arch and this fox was the only one who wore a golden crown. There were many fox soldiers guarding the door, but they bowed to the captain and admitted him without question. The captain led them through many rooms, where richly dressed foxes were sitting on beautiful chairs or sipping tea which was being passed around by fox servants in white aprons. They came to a big doorway, covered with heavy curtains of cloth of gold. Beside this doorway stood a huge drum. The fox captain went to this drum and knocked his knees against it, first one knee and then the other, so that the drum said, Boom! Boom! You must all do exactly what I do, ordered the captain. So the shaggy man pounded the drum with his knees, and so did Dorothy, and so did Button Bright. The boy wanted to keep on pounding it with his little fat knees, because he liked the sound of it. But the captain stopped him. Toto couldn't pound the drum with his knees, and he didn't know enough to wag his tail against it. So Dorothy pounded the drum for him, and that made him bark, and when the little dog barked, the fox captain scowled. The golden curtains drew back far enough to make an opening through which marched the captain with the others. The broad, long room they entered was decorated in gold with stained-glass windows of splendid colors. 
In the corner of the room, upon a richly carved golden throne, sat the Fox King, surrounded by a group of other foxes, all of whom wore great spectacles over their eyes, making them look solemn and important. Dorothy knew the king at once, because she had seen his head carved on the arch and over the doorway of the palace. Having met with several other kings in her travels, she knew what to do, and at once made a low bow before the throne. The shaggy man bowed, too, and Button Bright bobbed his head and said, Hello. Most wise and noble potentiate of Foxville, said the captain, addressing the king in a pompous voice, I humbly beg to report that I found these strangers on the road leading to your foxy majesty's dominions, and have therefore brought them before you as is my duty. So, so, said the king, looking at them keenly. What brought you here, strangers? Our legs, may it please your royal hairiness, replied the shaggy man. What is your business here? was the next question. To get away as soon as possible, said the shaggy man. The king didn't know about the magnet, of course, but it made him love the shaggy man at once. Do just as you please about going away, he said, but I'd like to show you the sights of my city and to entertain your party while you are here. We feel highly honored to have little Dorothy with us, I assure you, and we appreciate her kindness in making us a visit. For whatever country Dorothy visits is sure to become famous. This speech greatly surprised the little girl, who asked, How did your majesty know my name? Why, everybody knows you, my dear, said the fox king. Don't you realize that? You are quite an important personage since Princess Ozma of Oz made you her friend. Do you know Ozma? she asked, wondering. I regret to say that I do not, he answered sadly, but I hope to meet her soon. You know the Princess Ozma is to celebrate her birthday on the twenty-first of this month. Is she? said Dorothy. I didn't know that. Yes, it is to be the most brilliant royal ceremony ever held in any city in Fairyland, and I hope you'll try to get me an invitation. Dorothy thought a moment. I'm sure Ozma would invite you if I asked her, she said. But how could you get to the land of Oz and the Emerald City? It's a good way from Kansas. Kansas? he exclaimed, surprised. Why, yes, we are in Kansas now, aren't we? she returned. What a queer notion, cried the Fox King, beginning to laugh. Whatever made you think this is Kansas? I left Uncle Henry's farm only about two hours ago, that's the reason she said, rather perplexed. But tell me, my dear, did you ever see so wonderful a city as Foxville in Kansas? he questioned. No, your majesty. And haven't you traveled from Oz to Kansas in less than half a jiffy by means of the silver shoes and the magic belt? Yes, your majesty, she acknowledged. Then why do you wonder that an hour or two could bring you to Foxville which is nearer to Oz than it is to Kansas. Dear me, exclaimed Dorothy, is this another fairy adventure? It seems to be, said the Fox King, smiling. Dorothy turned to the shaggy man, and her face was grave and reproachful. 
Are you a magician or a fairy in disguise? she asked. Did you enchant me when you asked the way to Butterfield? The shaggy man shook his head. Who ever heard of a shaggy fairy? he replied. No, Dorothy, my dear, I'm not to blame for this journey in any way, I assure you. There's been something strange about me ever since I owned the love magnet, but I don't know what it is any more than you do. I didn't try to get you away from home at all. If you want to find your way back to the farm, I'll go with you willingly and do my best to help you. Never mind, said the little girl thoughtfully. There isn't so much to see in Kansas as there is here, and I guess Anne M. won't be very much worried, that is, if I don't stay away too long. That's right, declared the Fox King, nodding approval. Be contented with your lot, whatever it happens to be, if you are wise, which reminds me that you have a new companion on this adventure. He looks very clever and bright. He is, said Dorothy, and the shaggy man added, That's his name, your royal foxiness, Button Bright. End of Chapter 3 All right. Yeah. And suddenly, the Ooh. foxes like everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that was... Uh... You know, uh, you know, I, I like that the Shaggy Man's kind of a big part of the story, and Button Bright is still sticking around. He's banging on the door with his chubby little knees. Buggy Br Button Bright is annoying, if I remember correctly, because he's just well, like, Dorothy hates his guts. Kid. <laughs> Dorothy, Dorothy hates, hates his, guts. his guts. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. I'm telling you, I get it. Oh, it's hilarious. Um, what are so pants? What? Well, what's what's oxygen? <laughs> what? Who am I? I forgot Shut how to up. breathe. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up, kid. Go to bed. Shut up, kid. You know when kids reach that weird point in life where they're like, "What's this? What's this, kiddo? Drop." Why? What do we got? Why? Oh, oh, kiddo. Hang on. <laughs> I'm gonna get back to uh, Discord. So, all right. Uh, oh my gosh, look at the kiddo cutes. The, the cutie the kid kiddos. The kidlets decide oh. that kiddo's Halloween costume needs some work. Or the kidlets decide that kiddo's Halloween costume needs some work. Very nice. Because uh, he's just dressed one's in One's a, a flower, one's a butterfly, one's a jack-o'-lantern. And kiddo's just That's got great. snack bags on his heads. <laughs> That's right, yeah. I said heads. He's um, a slacker. Awesome, very good. Well, I'll, that, since that's Halloween, we're gonna have to have make a nice yeah. orange and purple uh, background on that. Um, oh, nice. that's nice. So yeah, let's uh, uh, let's call that kiddo Halloween, and I will set to color and um, but yeah. So uh, <laughs> I'm what kiddo kidlet flower. Kidlet yeah. butterfly. That's great. That's so cute. This week is a contest. Whoever, whoever gives gives the best suggestion for what Halloween, uh, what kiddo's Halloween costume, um, gets the original artwork uh, for next week. Ooh, <laughs> very nice. I, you know what? I will, I will pull myself out of the running. I won't even make a suggestion. But yeah, look at that. Uh, um, Foxfire will mail you the original kiddo art. 
if mm-hmm. you have the best suggestion for a costume. So well, that's nice. all of our other listeners. That's that's so so sweet of you. Thank you. And um, um, God, there's so many great ideas for for kiddo. <laughs> you know, I mean, okay. you know, just just think, you, he's got three heads. The sky's the limit. So sky's the limit. Yeah, I'll talk that up tomorrow on uh, It Came From Cleveland as well and get people uh, sending in some suggestions to you. So, all right. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I'm going to... Who do I send it to? Is Foxfire? Is it Foxfire? Is she yeah. going to decide? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take myself out, but if you want to send her a suggestion, by all means. I just have a... I don't, yeah. I don't have to win, but I've just got an idea, so... Perfect. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, I was going to say Charlie's Angels, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's lots of other, uh, great ideas. Uh, so anyway, let's go ahead and get to the next chapter so I can color this, uh, right quick. Mm. Here we go. Chapter four of The Road to Oz by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 4 King Dox It was amusing to note the expression on the face of King Dox as he looked the boy over from his sailor hat to his stubby shoes, and it was equally diverting to watch Button Bright stare at the king in return. No fox ever beheld a fresher, fairer child's face, and no child had ever before heard a fox talk or met with one who dressed so handsomely and ruled so big a city. I am sorry to say that no one had ever told the little boy much about fairies of any kind. This being the case, it is easy to understand how much this strange experience startled and astonished him. "'How do you like us?' asked the king. "'Don't know,' said Button Bright. "'Of course you don't. It's too short an acquaintance,' returned His Majesty." What do you suppose my name is? Don't know, said Button Bright. How should you? Well, I'll tell you. My private name is Dox, but a king can't be called by his private name. He has to take one that is official. Therefore, my official name is King Renard the Fourth. Renard with the accent on the Ren. What's Ren? asked Button Bright. How clever! exclaimed the king turning a pleased face toward his counselors. This boy is indeed remarkably bright. What's Wren, he asks. And of course Wren is nothing at all, all by itself. Yes, he's very bright indeed. That question is what your majesty might call foxy, said one of the counselors, an old gray fox. So it is, declared the king. Turning again to Button Bright, he asked, Having told you my name, what would you call me? King Dox, said the boy. Why? Cause Wren's nothing at all, was the reply. Good, very good indeed. You certainly have a brilliant mind. Do you know why two and two make four? No, said Button Bright. Clever, clever indeed. Of course you don't know. Nobody knows why. We only know it's so, and can't tell why it's so. Button bright, those curls and blue eyes 
do not go well with so much wisdom. They make you look youthful and hide your real cleverness. Therefore, I will do you a great favor. I will confer upon you the head of a fox, so that you may hereafter look as bright as you really are. As he spoke, the king waved his paw toward the boy, and at once the pretty curls and fresh round face and big blue eyes were gone, while in their place a fox's head appeared upon Button Bright's shoulders, a hairy head with a sharp nose, pointed ears, and keen little eyes. Oh, don't do that, cried Dorothy, shrinking back from her transformed companion with a shocked and dismayed face. Too late, my dear, it's done. But you also shall have a fox head, if you can prove you're as clever as Button Bright. I don't want it. It's dreadful, she exclaimed, and hearing this verdict, Button Bright began to boo-hoo just as if he were still a little boy. How can you call that lovely head dreadful? asked the king. It's a much prettier face than he had before, to my notion. And my wife says I'm a pretty good judge of beauty. Don't cry, little fox boy. Laugh and be proud, because you are so highly favored. How do you like the new head, Button Bright? D -d don't know sobbed the child. "'Please, please change him back again, your majesty,' begged Dorothy. King Radard the Fourth shook his head. "'I can't do that,' he said. "'I haven't the power, even if I wanted to. No, Button Bright must wear his fox head, and he'll be sure to love it dearly as soon as he gets used to it.' Both the shaggy man and Dorothy looked grave and anxious for they were sorrowful that such a misfortune had overtaken their little companion. Toto barked at the fox-boy once or twice, not realizing it was his former friend who now wore the animal head. But Dorothy cuffed the dog and made him stop. As for the foxes, they all seemed to think Button Bright's new head very becoming, and that their king had conferred a great honor on this little stranger. It was funny to see the boy reach up to feel of his sharp nose and wide mouth and wail afresh with grief. He wagged his ears in a comical manner, and tears were in his little black eyes. But Dorothy couldn't laugh at her friend just yet, because she felt so sorry. Just then, three little fox princesses, daughters of the king, entered the room, and when they saw Button Bright, one exclaimed, How lovely he is! and the next one cried in delight, How sweet he is! And the third princess clapped her hands with pleasure and said, How beautiful he is! Button Bright stopped crying and asked timidly, Am I? In all the world there is not another face so pretty, declared the biggest fox princess. You must live with us always and be our brother, said the next. We shall all love you dearly, the third said. This praise did much to comfort the boy, and he looked around and tried to smile. It was a pitiful attempt, because the fox face was new and stiff, and Dorothy thought his expression more stupid than before the transformation. "'I think we ought to be going now,' said the shaggy man uneasily, for he didn't know what the king might take into his head to do next. "'Don't leave us yet, I beg you,' pleaded King Renard. 
I intend to have several days of feasting and merrymaking in honor of your visit. Have it after we're gone, for we can't wait, said Dorothy decidedly. But seeing this displeased the king, she added, If I'm going to get Ozma to invite you to her party, I'll have to find her as soon as possible, you know. In spite of all the beauty of Foxville and the gorgeous dresses of its inhabitants, both the girl and the shaggy man felt they were not quite safe there and would be glad to see the last of it. But it is now evening, the king reminded them, and you must stay with us until morning anyhow. Therefore I invite you to be my guests at dinner and to attend the theater afterward and sit in the royal box. Tomorrow morning, if you really insist upon it, you may resume your journey. They consented to this, and some of the fox servants led them to a suite of lovely rooms in the big palace. Button Bright was afraid to be left alone, so Dorothy took him into her own room. While a maid fox dressed the little girl's hair, which was a bit tangled, and put some bright fresh ribbons in it, another maid fox combed the hair on poor Button Bright's face and head and brushed it carefully, tying a pink bow to each of his pointed ears. The maids wanted to dress the children in fine costumes of woven feathers, such as all the foxes wore, but neither of them consented to that. A sailor suit and a fox head do not go well together, said one of the maids, for no fox was ever a sailor that I can remember. I'm not a fox, cried Button Bright. Alas, no, agreed the maid, but you've got a lovely fox head on your skinny shoulders, and that's almost as good as being a fox. The boy, reminded of his misfortune, began to cry again. Dorothy petted and comforted him and promised to find some way to restore him his own head. If we can manage to get to Ozma, she said, the princess will change you back to yourself in half a second, so you just wear that fox head as comfortably as you can, dear, and don't worry about it at all. It isn't nearly as pretty as your own head, no matter what the foxes say. But you can get along with it for a little while longer, can't you? Don't know, said Button Bright, doubtfully, but he didn't cry any more after that. Dorothy let the maids pin ribbons to her shoulders after which they were ready for the king's dinner. When they met the shaggy man in the splendid drawing-room of the palace, they found him just the same as before. He had refused to give up his shaggy clothes for new ones, because if he did that he would no longer be the shaggy man, he said, and he might have to get acquainted with himself all over again. He told Dorothy he had brushed his shaggy hair and whiskers, but she thought he must have brushed them the wrong way, for they were quite as shaggy as before. As for the company of foxes assembled to dine with the strangers, they were most beautifully costumed, and their rich dresses made Dorothy's simple gown and Button Bright's sailor suit and the shaggy man's shaggy clothes look commonplace. But they treated their guests with great respect, and the king's dinner was a very good dinner indeed. Foxes, as you know, are fond of chicken and other fowl, so they served chicken soup and roasted turkey and stewed duck and fried grouse and broiled quail and goose pie, and as the cooking was excellent, 
the king's guests enjoyed the meal and ate heartily of the various dishes. The party went to the theater, where they saw a play acted by foxes dressed in costumes of brilliantly colored feathers. The play was about a fox girl, who was stolen by some wicked wolves and carried to their cave, and just as they were about to kill her and eat her, a company of fox soldiers marched up, saved the girl, and put the wicked wolves to death. "'How do you like it?' the king asked Dorothy. "'Pretty well,' she answered. "'It reminds me of one of Mr. Aesop's fables.' "'Don't mention Aesop to me, I beg of you,' exclaimed King Dox. "'I hate that man's name. He wrote a good deal about foxes, but always made them out cruel and wicked, whereas we are gentle and kind, as you may see.' But his fables showed you to be wise and clever, and more shrewd than other animals, said the shaggy man thoughtfully. So we are. There is no question about our knowing more than men do, replied the king proudly. But we employ our wisdom to do good instead of harm, so that horrid Aesop did not know what he was talking about. They did not like to contradict him, because they felt he ought to know the nature of foxes better than men did. So they sat still and watched the play, and Button Bright became so interested that for a time he forgot he wore a fox head. Afterward they went back to the palace and slept in soft beds stuffed with feathers, for the foxes raised many fowl for food and used their feathers for clothing and to sleep on. Dorothy wondered why the animals living in Foxville did not wear just their own hairy skins as wild foxes do. When she mentioned it to King Dox, he said they clothed themselves because they were civilized. "'But you were born without clothes,' she observed, "'and you don't seem to me to need them.' "'So were human beings born without clothes,' he replied, "'and until they became civilized they wore only their natural skins.' But to become civilized means to dress as elaborately and prettily as possible, and to make a show of your clothes so your neighbors will envy you, and for that reason both civilized foxes and civilized humans spend most of their time dressing themselves. I don't, declared the shaggy man. That is true, said the king, looking at him carefully, but perhaps you are not civilized. After a sound sleep and a good night's rest, they had their breakfast with the king, and then bade his majesty good-bye. "'You've been very kind to us, except poor Button Bright,' said Dorothy, "'and we've had a nice time in Foxville.' "'Then,' said King Dux, "'perhaps you'll be good enough to get me an invitation to Princess Ozma's birthday celebration.' "'I'll try,' she promised, "'if I see her in time.' "'It's on the twenty-first, remember,' he continued, "'and if you'll just see that I'm invited, "'I'll find a way to cross the dreadful desert "'into the marvelous land of Oz. "'I've always wanted to visit the Emerald City, "'so I'm sure it was fortunate you arrived here just when you did, "'you being Princess Ozma's friend, "'and able to assist me in getting the invitation. "'If I see Ozma, I'll ask her to invite you,' she replied." The Fox King had a delightful luncheon put up for them, which the shaggy man shoved in his pocket, and the fox captain escorted them to an arch at the side of the village, opposite the one by which they had entered. 
Here they found more soldiers guarding the road. Are you afraid of enemies? asked Dorothy. No, because we are watchful and able to protect ourselves, answered the captain. But this road leads to another village peopled by big, stupid beasts who might cause us trouble if they thought we were afraid of them. What beasts are they? asked the shaggy man. The captain hesitated to answer. Finally, he said, You will learn all about them when you arrive at their city, but do not be afraid of them. Button Bright is so wonderfully clever, and has now such an intelligent face, that I'm sure he will manage to find a way to protect you. This made Dorothy and the Shaggy Man rather uneasy, for they had not so much confidence in the Fox Boy's wisdom as the captain seemed to have. But as their escort would say no more about the beasts, they bade him good-bye and proceeded on their journey. End of chapter 4 All right, I was typing and I didn't get a chance to play the outro music on that. So, old okay. Button Bright's, uh, he's, he's like a lycanthrope now. Sort of. Find somebody to help him, but I just... I just don't really understand why he just decided to change him into a fox head. Because he liked him. He thought he was smart and clever. And everybody else thought he yeah. was an idiot. <laughs> um, yeah, the, um, who is it? King Docs? Yeah, Foxfire said, Good grief, why do people think everyone wants to look like them? It's true. <laughs> it's true. Isn't so. it? They're just like... Oh, this is great. I like you. Let me take you into a fox head. Now you're going to leave and never see a fox again for like three books, you know? Yeah, wow. It doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense. Well, that's funny, though, because tomorrow on It Came From Cleveland, we're talking werewolves. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll think of button bright. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so... Uh, uh, yeah, thank you. And thank you again, uh, Foxfire. That was a great pick. Uh, a lot of, Very easy to color. She's like, yeah, a lot easier without all those blades of grass. I did love doing the one with the blades of grass. I thought it looked really killer once it was all done. So um, it was fun to play with. But no, this one was great. Um, and again, as promised, orange and purple. So, you know, and green. Get those Halloween colors in there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but you know, and next next week will be even more super Halloweeny. That'll be fun. So, yeah. uh, it's coming. Halloween's yeah. coming, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, I'll tell you what. While we have time, we're only gonna have one time time for one Jerry of the circus tonight. Um, mm -hmm. but uh, but no, this is fun so far. Road to Oz is is pretty cool. Um, I'm liking mixing up the characters. I did see a few chapters ahead. There will be some familiar characters coming around. So, um, so Yay. that's pretty exciting. Uh, but mm -hmm. it's nice to get introduced to a few new ones here and there. Uh, because, uh, uh, what a, what a pantheon of characters, right? Um, it's pretty exciting. So anyway, uh, time for Jerry of the Circus. Uh, did cut the music off. Don't worry, everybody. You don't have to listen to four minutes of circus music. Um, you will have to listen to the last two, but we'll talk over that. So let's see. Somebody at the, at the circus has a toothache. Let's find out who. Now for Jerry of the Circus. Greg, 
Hey, Rags, where are you? Rags, come here, you. Rags. My golly, he's in the menagerie again. Come on, Rags. Hi there, Slim. How's Jeff this morning? Oh, he's okay. He got a bad kick from that zebra last night. <laughs> but you can't kill off a good menagerie, man. That's good. I'm glad he's all right. Hey, uh, have you seen Rags? Oh, there he is. Rags. What's the matter? I suppose you want to see how everything is in the menagerie den after the blow last night, huh? What? Oh, I see. You think the hippopotamus is gone, huh? Well, she's just taking a swim, that's all. Here, I'll lift you up so you can see. Listen, we'll have to get around this way. Jumping Jupiter. Hey, Andy! Andy! Junie, you'll drown the baby hippo. Look, she's holding him underwater. Gee whiz! Andy! Hello? What's wrong? Hey, Andy, quick. The hippo's holding her baby down under the water in the tank. Sure, she often does. You mean she won't drown, Tubby? That punk? I should say not. She's teaching him to stay underwater. Ooh, I sure thought she was trying to drown Tubby, all right. So you got me all excited for nothing, huh, Rag? You're a false alarm, that's what you are. <laughs> you kids, both of you. There, look, see? She's letting Tubby up. <laughs> Quite a lesson for all of you, eh? I'll say so. Why do the mother hippos duck their babies? Well, you see, a hippo's nostrils are slit, something like a camel. They learn how to close them so no water can get in. Oh. A camel can close his nostrils and keep the desert dust out. Otherwise, he'd often strangle to death in a dust storm. Gee, well, how long can a hippo stay under? Six or seven minutes. Really? Yeah, she just fills her lungs full of air and closes up her nose, then she drops right down to the bottom of her tank and stays there. <laughs> Golly, that's funny. I'm going to brush her teeth now. Want to stick around? Sure thing. Golly, watch her climb out of that tank. They're sure awkward, aren't they? Yeah. Slim, bring the brushes and a pail of water. We'll scrub her grinder. All right, be right with you. She didn't get excited last night during the windstorm, did she? This old lady? I should say not. Didn't even seem to know anything was going on. It was sure exciting. Your first big blow? Yep. Well, you sure hit a dandy. I'll say. But the way they got things all in order before the audience got out was marvelous. Yeah, I don't believe they even knew we had a bad wind. The show went on just as smooth as ever and everything all under control when they left. But the animal was... Golly, I never saw zebras in a panic before. Yeah, those convicts are pesky little animals. Convicts? Sure. Haven't you heard zebras called that before? Well, no. At least I didn't know they were referring to zebras. Sure, we often call them that around the circus. On account of their stripes, huh? You guessed it, Jerry. Gee, that's funny. Convicts. Here's your water and brush, boss. <laughs> Thanks, Slim. Come on, Jerry. We'll do their grinders. See, this is fun. Well, don't they mind? No, I guess they kind of like it. Probably tickles them a little. Anyhow, I never have no trouble. Come on, we'll go right in. You stay outside, Rags. <laughs> Don't you worry. Hippos are vegetarian. Yeah, but if she just rolled over by mistake, she'd hurt Rags. I guess you're right there, all right. Come on in. Close the door. Open up. Open up there, old lady. Golly, what a mouth. Like a big cave, isn't it? Yeah, and look at those grinders. See those four tusks in front? Yeah. Almost like an elephant's. they got to be scraped every now and then, but it's the grinders that take the most care. Why? You see, bits of hay get around the gums and make them sore. Jiminy, got six of them on each side. Must be pretty awful to have a toothache and teeth that size. <laughs> you bet. That's why we have to be so careful. Wonder how hippos get along when they haven't got a nurse to take care of them. <laughs> nurse to a hippo, that's something. Now we'll get this side and she'll be through. Say, Tubby's a lot darker than his mother. 
Is that just because he's a baby? No, the blondes are real scarce, and they don't necessarily have white babies, neither. Well, you got all their teeth brushed. What you gonna do next? Feed them. Gotta pay them back for being so patient. What's that? Bran mash. They like it, but we don't give it to them every day. Gee, you roll it into a ball, huh? Say, I'll, I'll let me throw them in their mouth. Sure. Hey, now, there you are. Where you going, buddy? Golly, they chew slowly. <laughs> Who are you looking for? Jerry. Jerry Dugan. Gee, someone for me. Hey, I, I'm here. Just a minute. Guess I'd better go. Thanks for letting me help, Andy. Okay, Jerry. Glad to have you anytime. Shut the door to the cage after you. Bye, Andy, and, and thanks. Come on, Riggs. Guess we've got company. Hello, Jerry. They weren't going to let me in. Oh, hello, Mr. Grayson. Gee whiz, but I'm glad to see you. You ought to be. I've good news from your uncle. So soon? Gee. Shall we go out in the sunshine? Yeah, let's. Come on, Rags. This your dog? He sure is. Rags, meet Mr. Grayson, a friend of mine. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to meet you, Rags. Shake. He's a polite little beggar. <laughs> he better be. Didn't I see him in the ring yesterday? Sure, he, he does some turns with bugs. I should say he does, and he's good, too. Well, what did Uncle Dan have to say? He sent back his notarized signature and told me to go ahead and find out about that box in the bank. He told me to tell you he'd stand good for the bill as soon as he begins making money again. Isn't he swell? Pretty nice, I think. He said he was getting along fine, and for you to be sure and right. Aw, oh, gee, I, I'm awful. I, I want to write, but it seems as if I'm always busy, and we keep moving almost every night. I know, it's hard for boys to write letters. But when you've got an uncle like that and he's sick, I think maybe you ought to make a special effort, don't you? I sure do. I'll write him this afternoon. That's fine, I thought you would. Now I've got to have your signature on this same paper with a witness, and then everything will be all fixed up. We we might as well go to the wagon. Guess Bumps will be there. Oh, the clown? Yeah. I'd like to meet him. Oh, he's grand. Kind of fun being with a circus, isn't it? Well, I'll say so. Want to walk around? Sure, I'm not in a hurry. Say, huh, it's pretty quiet in the morning here compared to the excitement during the show in the afternoon. Oh, sure. Folks write their letters and do their washing and mending and chopping mornings. Like a great big family, isn't it? Yep. Rags, where are you? Come here. What are you doing on the other side of that tent? <laughs> looks like Rags, a hunting dog. He's a brat. Rags, come here and leave Lulu alone. You know, he, he chases that poor duck every chance he gets. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Oh, you can't blame him for the instinct to chase animals. No, but I can scold him for getting into it and doing it. He's a circus dog, and circus dogs have got a mind. Hey, Mr. Bradley. Mr. Bradley. Yes, yes. Who's calling? It's me, Jerry. Your duck's got away again. What? Where? Well, here, Lulu. Nice, Lulu. <laughs> here, Lulu. <laughs> Look at that duck go. Yeah, she knows his voice all right. Here you are, Lulu. Now, how did you get loose this time? Uh, uh, thank you, Jerry. Why, you're welcome. Say, that's funny. What? That voice. It sounds familiar. Who was it? Well, that's the clown that does the duck trick. Oh, yes, I remember. I saw him yesterday. Funny, though. Hmm. I, I just can't place the voice, though. We'd go around and meet him, but he usually rests mornings. He's kind old and not too glad to meet people. Awful nice, though. Sure, I know. He likes to read a lot and just rest. See, this is luck. Here comes Mr. Randall. The owner of the show? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Randall. Oh, hello there, Jerry. Say, I I'd like you to meet a friend of mine. Well, I'm glad to meet any friends of Jerry's. This is Mr. Grayson, Mr. Randall. He's a lawyer here in Jackson City. Uh, Grayson, did you say? A lawyer? Yes, at least I'm... Why, what's the matter? Uh, nothing. 
Uh, never mind, it's of no importance. Mr. Grayson is helping me. Helping you, Jerry? <laughs> what on earth do you need a lawyer for? You see, <laughs> we found out that one of the keys on Dad's key ring that I always carry is the key to a safety deposit box in a bank. Well, you don't say. What bank? Bank in this town. Patsy and I went downtown yesterday and checked. It's a long story how we found out about it, but... And a friend of mine in the bank suggested the boy consult me. But, uh, why? It's all rather involved, but when a man dies in this state, the box is automatically turned over to the court. And seeing there isn't any will, and I'm underage... It's quite a bit of red tape, but I'm taking it to the superior court, and I think it can be arranged for the boy to get possession of the box. Well... So I was just showing Mr. Grayson around a lot. He's crazy about circuses. I certainly enjoyed your matinee yesterday, Mr. Randall. Miss Patsy was kind enough to give me a pass. Oh, well, so that's how you happen to... What? Uh, oh, nothing. I, I'm just thinking out loud about something that happened yesterday. I'm sorry. See, Mr. Randall. Uh, could... Well... Well, what I Jerry? Mean, would it be possible for Mr. Grayson to stay and have lunch with us? Oh, I couldn't impose on Mr. Randall. You shouldn't have asked him, Jerry. Uh, would you enjoy it, Mr. Grayson? Of course. But really, Mr. Randall, I had no intention... Well, of... then you stay. Glad to have you. Well, that's certainly very kind of you. Not at all, not at all. Glad to have you. Well, uh, where are you heading for now? Well, we've just been kind of walking around and looking at things. But we've got to find bumps, and so... Yeah, well, you go right ahead. I'll see you at lunch. Uh, by the way, Jerry, you haven't seen Johnny Bradley, have you? No, I just talked to him. Talked to him? Yeah, Rags chased Lulu, and I called him to tell him his duck was loose. Oh, good. Uh, he's in his wagon, then. I'm going to see him. See you later, then, Mr. Randall. All right. Thank you, Mr. Randall. Yeah, I'll see you all at lunch. So long. Rags, come on, Rags. Come on, boy. Come on. Ah, call that a narrow escape. Poor Bradley. Hey, good morning, Mr. Randall. Oh, hello, Slim. Is Johnny Bradley still in his wagon? Yep, it looked like he was dozing on his steps there in the sun. Good, I've got to see him. Oh, good morning, Si. Hi, Mr. Randall. Nice day after last night's blow. I don't say so. Oh, hello there, Johnny. Johnny. Johnny Bradley, wake up. Hmm? What? Oh, oh, hello, hello. What's wrong? Uh, sorry to wake you, Johnny, but I'm afraid I've got some important news for you. Oh, it's you, Mr. Randall. Yeah. <laughs> well, looks like I was having a morning's catnap. Uh, Johnny, I, I'm in a hurry, but I have to tell you something quickly. Now, take it easy and don't let it upset you. Something wrong? Well, what is it? I, I, I don't want you to go to the mess tent for lunch. You what? I'll have Shorty bring a tray to you in your wagon. I'm afraid I fail to understand, Mr. Randall. I, uh, I've just met your son. What? Here on this lot. He's, he's where? On this lot. I oh. can't go into a long explanation now, but he's having lunch with Jerry Dugan. And knowing that you sit at the same table, I, I thought I'd better warn you. Oh, I can hardly believe it. My son, I, oh, Mr. Randall, I'm afraid. Uh, I... uh, easy, easy, old man. But my son here on the lot. Oh, he mustn't see me. He, he mustn't see me. And this never-ending drama of the not Grayson, flying Graysons of the circus. Well, I'm kind of confused. So there's Mr. Randall. Is that Dick Grayson, the attorney's father? Uh, yeah, that's Randall. not his real name. They said that last week. Uh, the, the, his real Mr. Name. Randall's not his real name. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah, whatever. He has a stage name, but he's he's Dick Grayson's dad. Oh, he's Dick Grayson's dad, but he's the clown. Yeah, the the Shakespearean clown. Ah, okay. I'm getting it. I'm figuring things out. Okay. Yeah. So, there we go. Yeah. I gotta stop eating dots, man. Ah. Well, you know what? I had exactly one serving size of spree, and then I was all sugared out. And one a... serving size is 15 pieces. One serving size of this is about six pieces. I think I've had about 12. Mm-hmm. See? Servings. Servings. Doubled up. And <laughs> that'll, make you, that'll make you crazy. I like them, though. I can't stop. They're so good. Yep. They're, they're like gum, they're gumdrops without the, the gross, crunchy sugar on the outside. <laughs> I don't like that. So, there we go. Uh, we're going to have to wrap things up. Yeah. But that was... Um, Before you know it, it's 8.57. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, we're going to we're gonna have to start ending the show right now. But thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We sure hope Livin' is doing okay. He hasn't been on the server in a few days, and we know that he's having further health complications. Oh, um, wow. So best luck to you. I hope you hear the podcast and uh, get the well wishes. Uh, tomorrow night on It Came From Cleveland, uh, we're going to be going, we're going to be talking about werewolves um, and Norm MacDonald, a story from World War One from uh, Miles, and I'm going to be talking about one of our birthday celebrities, Bella Lugosi, and his work with Edward D. Wood Jr. So fascinating nice. stuff and I need to go out to the garage and see if I can find my Bella Lugosi book so and my Ed Wood book so I can do a little you didn't, bit of you didn't sell it no I didn't sell those no of course not I would never of course not so but that's all all from me and of course there'll be a new mythical moment from Mr. Adam Hebert and check out his show from seven to nine on Wednesdays, uh, Dread Time Stories. Nice. nice with Adam Hebert, and uh, and Adam, you can have this right now. Uh, your new catchphrase: Don't let the dread bugs bite. So, there you are, Suze. Yes. Go Great. ahead. Beginning of the weekend. Yep. Um, fall is here. I saw some leaves change colors to yellow. Very pretty. Um, and uh, that that's about it. Enjoy life. I don't know. All right. <sighs> All well, right. Have a great night, everybody. We'll see you next week. Okay. Bye. <laughs>